Do you have a creative business but are struggling to get enough customers or clients to actually make enough money to enjoy your business? Come join me for a free live planning workshop where I will share the roadmap to get more leads and more profits in your business without running yourself to the ground. If you started this year with good intentions but are not getting the results you want and need, you really don't want to miss this free workshop. Now, there won't be a replay, so you must show up live to join the training. Register now at nataliewalton.com forward slash roadmap. That's nataliewalton.com forward slash roadmap. A really powerful reframe on this idea of um, accountability or giving yourself a deadline, and it ties into the idea of identity shift too, is don't tell me what you're going to do tell me what you did. I love that so much. I'm going to repeat it. Don't tell me what you're going to do. Tell me what you did. It's so easy to say you want to do something, but the real power is when you've done the work. Welcome to Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love. I'm Natalie Walton, an interior designer, stylist, and best-selling author focused on an holistic approach to homes. Each week, I'm sharing insights and interviews about the creative process to help you enhance both your interiors and well-being, as well as provide you with the tools and resources to make considered and sustainable choices with all that you create. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Imprint. I'm very excited to have you join me today to talk about the three faces of simplifying your home and ultimately your life. This idea came about um, because recently I was teaching a free class on the foundations to how I've simplified my home and life. And afterwards, as my brain does, it goes into overdrive of all the ideas like, oh, I could also tell people about this and that. And, and I just, (laughs) I just have to stop myself sometimes because I could just constantly just be sharing. And, and I think that can just sometimes also overwhelm people. But um, I just had this really visceral memory of going through the process of decluttering my own home in a really major way when we went on our own tree change journey. And I thought about it and I thought, really, there are three key phases of simplifying. And depending on where you are on your journey will really depend on how you simplify your spaces. So If you're feeling frustrated or maybe overwhelmed by all of the stuff in your home, or you just want to create a clean slate and start over again, um, I hope that you're going to find a lot of um, value in today's episode. And what I'm going to be sharing with you today is the process that I've used in my own home. There is so much out there about decluttering and simplifying, but so much of it often falls into two categories. The first is, you know, it's like, yeah, here are all these storage solutions to solve a problem. But what can often obviously happen with that is you just end up actually adding more stuff to your home. So I really try and discourage people from falling into that trap. It's such an easy one to do. And then the second idea is that um, with so much of, you know, the, I was going to say the literature, but you know, the books and, you know, all of the information out there about decluttering and simplifying so much of it is just often unrealistic for daily living. 
So what I'm going to share with you today is what works in my own home and life. And if you were to step into my home, it looks just like the photos on my Instagram feed. And trust me, I've stepped into enough homes as a stylist to know that there are often a lot of smoke and mirrors when it comes to people's homes. You know, I've seen inside people's cupboards. I've seen inside their drawers. I've seen how they really live. And, you know, I've just seen the reality of people's homes. And so that's why, you know, I know that this is a big issue for so many people. And it's certainly one of the biggest things whenever I reach out and, you know, ask people who are on my newsletter list, or, you know, if I reach out in, on stories and ask people questions on Instagram and say like, what are you struggling with in relation to your home right now? Clutter is without a doubt, one of the biggest issues that comes up. And, you know, but what I found is that because I'm a busy working mom, I'm running two businesses. I've got my, um, you know, my design business and all of the, all of the different, um, areas of that. And then I've also got my shop imprint house and I've got four children, you know, ranging from the ages of 15 down to seven, you know, my home needs to run smoothly. And because I've got so much going on with my work and children, I really also need to create a home that feels calm. It's, you know, it's so important to me that my home doesn't feel like another thing on my to-do list, but that is actually a space that I enjoy being in and it just makes everything else possible. So if that's something that resonates with you, if, you know, if that's what you'd like to experience in your spaces, then I'm really excited to share these ideas with you today. Now, before we get started, I just want to let you know that what I'm going to share is the foundation of works in my, what works in my own home. And if you would like to go deeper on these ideas and learn how you can apply it to your own home, enrollments are currently open for my course, the Decluttering Masterclass. I'll put a link in the show notes if you'd like to learn more about what's involved and how it can help you finally create more calm in your spaces and simplify not just your home, but your life too. I mean, there's so much, you know, follow through that happens and such a huge ripple effect that once you start to simplify your home, it really then gives you tools that you can apply to other areas of your life too. So if you'd like to learn more about that, you can go to nataliewalton.com forward slash declutter. All right, so let's get into the topic of today and Take a moment to do an inventory on what's happening in your home right now. When you look around, what do you see? And um, it's really interesting. I was actually just listening to something the other day. It was actually about a completely unrelated topic, Um, but it's this idea of, um, it was actually kind of related. It was in relation to goal setting. Um, And it was saying that this idea of like putting a post-it note, um, you know, you can't just put a post-it note in the same spot and because basically our brains learn to just kind of gloss over that information and look for new information. So if you're going to write your goal on a post-it note, you actually need to move that around because your brain will just quickly adapt to that. And um, you know, it's like how we can drive, you know, we can drive a car and we don't have to think like, okay, I need to sort of put my hands on the steering wheel at 10 to two. And, you know, if you're, you know, driving a car, a car with gears, um, I don't know what you, I think you call it a stick in America, if you're in America, 
Um, you know, I woke up, I've got to put my foot on the clutch. I've got to put the first gear, go up and release the clutch. You know, I was trying to explain this to my son about how to drive. And you don't have to go through that whole like list of the all things that you do. It just becomes so ingrained. And, um, and that's what happens in our homes too. It, all the stuff that we have around us, we stop seeing it. We literally stop seeing it. And so it's such a helpful exercise to just kind of close your eyes. And I do this all the time and then open them and look at your spaces and really see them with fresh eyes. And that's actually why I really get a lot of value from photographing my spaces, because when I take photos of my spaces, I see things through the viewfinder. It kind of cuts out all the other noise that's going on. And it really helps me see my spaces in a whole new way. So when you look around your home, what do you see? And what do you see with fresh eyes? And really notice like where are the problem areas? And also think about what have you tried in the past in terms of decluttering your spaces? What worked and what didn't and why? Really get clear on that. It's really important to kind of take that inventory of you know, where you're at right now, because then you know what problem that you're solving for. Now, I want you to also take a moment to consider what it would be like to have a home that was free of clutter and organized. If your home is organized and you're not wasting time trying to find things or shuffling baskets and boxes from one room to another, you know, we can waste just so much time when we've got too much stuff. So how will you actually spend that extra time? Really think about like, what could you do if you were more organized in your home and life? How could you spend that extra time? And if you simplify your spaces, what will you do with that extra space? I know for us, when we, um, when we first moved into this home for a period of time, we had one of the rooms that had been an office and we used to jokingly call it the box room. And it was all those boxes that we had yet to unpack. And I know that I am not alone in this. And some of you right now who are listening might have what I called a box room. And it's one of those rooms that is just filled with the stuff that you plan to go through one day. I remember had um, a friend in Sydney and she had, it was called the, I think it's like the playroom or the toy room. And it was basically this room filled with like all the toys that her daughters no longer played with. They were by that stage um, you know, they were both older than 10 um, or around that kind of age. And, you know, it was filled with like dolls and all these things that they didn't play with and hadn't played with in so long. But my friend just hadn't yet gone through all of that stuff. And, um, you know, once then she was able to clean that up, then she was able to use that space. So for you, if you've got rooms or areas of your home like that, then, you know, how could you use that? Maybe you've got even like a corner or a nook in your home and that could be a space that you could meditate or do yoga or I don't know, you know, whatever it could be. You could create like a little home office nook, whatever that is, or a reading corner. You know, think about what would you actually do with that space? Most homes, um, you know, that I visit, they have a room and they say, don't go in there. And they say it in a really serious tone. And of course, like part of me just wants to go in there. Um, and they basically, you know, we have a joke about it and say, look, you know, pretty much every home that we go to, someone has a room that say, and they say, don't go in there. And, um, you know, it's just, you might have, like I said, boxes or stuff or things that you just don't have the time or energy to deal with. And 
you know, think about like maybe for you, it's your garage. You know, maybe you've got a garage or shed that is filled with things that, um, you know, like old suitcases that you haven't dealt with or boxes or, you know, whatever it is for you. And, you know, if you were able to clear out that stuff and deal with it, you know, just think about what could you actually do with that space? As I said, could it become a home office, a spare bedroom? Maybe you could have guests over more often. Maybe family and friends could come to visit. You know, if it was a separate space to your home, maybe you could turn it into an Airbnb and earn some extra income on the side. So, you know, you know, really think about like, what is the opportunity for you if you can actually clear away all this stuff and how will you feel with less stuff? I know for me, it was life-changing and it, it has rippled through into so many other areas of my life. I mean, I was just on a walk with a friend this morning and I was saying that I recently had to post a photo on Instagram on a Sunday evening and I did it because, you know, I know engagement is high on a Sunday evening and, um, but I really didn't like that experience. I mean, I don't do it often, but every now and then, like when I sort of think I really want to, as many people as possible to know about this, you know, I will do it. And, um, in any way, I, I just, it just made me feel so anxious. Like I felt so irritated and frustrated because for me, Sunday nights are really like, they're a quiet time. Um, on the weekends, like I intentionally, like I don't use my phone. I don't look at my computer. I don't look at emails and just picking up my phone and touching it. It just felt so icky. And, um, you know, cause I basically, I love the reset that it gives me every week. Um, my weekdays are busy as a working mom, you know, and all that comes with that. But weekends for me are really my downtime. I love them so much. And, um, you know, so when I then was on my phone, I just felt like, oh, this just feels so out of alignment for me. Like, I don't want to be doing this. So I really need to, it's very complicated. I've still got issues related to when my Instagram account was hacked. And so I can't use anything to schedule posts, which is problematic, but, um, that's a whole other story for another day. But I'm just sharing this in terms of when I simplified my home, then I then went through and simplified my phone. I simplified, um, you know, all of our life admin that we have as a family. Um, there are so many other areas like my business and so many other areas of my life that I've been able to simplify. And it just makes life so much easier. And just, I don't have that anxiety or that stressful feeling when you kind of feel like, oh, I've got to do this and that, and that, you know, like it, all that kind of pressure that can sometimes weigh down on you. And so, um, you know, my friend was saying that she's really gotten into a bad habit of checking her emails on her phone. And I told her, you know, like I actually never look at emails on my phone. I try to use my phone as little as possible. And um, now she said that she's installed an app called Opal, I think she called it, to actually block her out from using her phone. And she said, there's, I think she called it a diamond level that um, she puts that on on Sunday. So she can't break it <laughs> on a Sunday, which really stops her from using her phone on um, the weekends and on Sundays. And, you know, I just wanted to share that in case that's something that you're struggling with. But, you know, what I learned when I was simplifying my home and my collections has become a framework that I've been able to apply to other areas of my life. And that's what I'm going to share with you today. So the first phase of this process is really getting clear on your vision really clarifying your vision. And so much of this is tied up in the science of simplifying. And this is taking the principles of science and applying them to creating and following through with goals. Now, I know that it might sound 
a little bit esoteric. Like, what has this got to do with decluttering or simplifying? But trust me, it's foundational. If you don't understand how your mind works, you'll really struggle to stick to any plan. And so if you want to start to declutter your spaces, you know, maybe you've you've tried other things, you know, you've tried other systems and processes and read, you know, some of the books that are out there and you haven't been able to make them stick or you've kind of fallen off the wagon, so to speak. Um, it's really important to understand the science of behind what goes into this. So, you know, you might be thinking, well, okay, how do I apply this idea? So we've already done some of that in the questions that I was asking you earlier. You really need to clarify your vision. You need to get clear on what you're actually trying to achieve. If your goal is vague, then your execution will be vague too. Just really think about this for a moment. You know, if you're vague on what you're trying to achieve, then you're going to be very vague and unclear on how to achieve it. The clearer you are on your goal, the clearer you will get on how to get there. So that's what we're going to look at right now. And this is what you can do. And again, science banks up all of this. Um, I've done so much research on this because I, again, like when I was talking to my friend earlier on, she was talking about um, doing, she's looking at doing her master's. And I actually did my master's in journalism. I did postgrad degree and um and she was you know even talking about phd and i said you know i love learning i'm constantly learning and there was a point where i actually was thinking about doing a phd and i still may do that one day i i honestly i love learning um you know it's just i know that i will be learning for the rest of my life i really you know love engaging with this life that we're in and like there are so many resources out there for us so you know these are the ones that i have learned so the first idea that I want to share with you is that, and again, science backs this up, is that you need to create a goal that feels hard. Why? Because it will stretch you. If your goal is actually too easy, you're more likely to give up. Whereas if it's hard, it actually forces your hand to become a different type of person. So an example of this is, um, you know, what you know, what are some um, hard goals? Well. You might um, have goals in relation to like maybe a fitness goal or, you know, an exercise goal or learning how to speak an, a language or learning how to play an instrument. Um, you know, if that's something that you're working on, for me right now, what I'm trying to work on is actually lifting a certain amount of weight. I want to increase my strength. I've been doing lots of research um, in relation to how important it is when you're in your 40s that you actually, you know, really maintain your muscle mass because you lose about, I think it's about 2% of it a year. So it's so important to work and focus on your strength when you're in your forties and beyond. Um, you know, I've always done exercise, always done daily exercise in terms of fitness. I do yoga every day, but that strength component is really, really important. So that's a goal that I'm really focused on at the moment. But for you, if it comes to, you know, simplifying your home, if that's something that you really want to focus on, then you need to think about what's most relevant to you. You know, maybe it might be like, I only want to have in my home what's useful or beautiful. And that's certainly been a goal for me in the past when I've gone through phases of, you know, very intentional decluttering or simplifying of my spaces. I sort of say to myself, I only want to have in my home what is useful or beautiful. You also need to be really specific with your goal. 
If your goal is vague, then you're more likely to fall off track, as I mentioned. So if we take any of those other goals that I've just shared, you know, you've got to get really more specific and you've got to say, you know, I want to speak only Italian on my next holiday there, or I want to be able to have a a conversation with an Italian friend only in Italian, like get really specific and also give yourself a time, like, you know, include a date or like, um, you know, by the end of the year or whatever it is for you. Um, or I want to be able to play piano and maybe it's like my local theater group, but you know, you want to have it so that you've got a really, really specific goal, not just a vague idea of like, I want to learn how to play the piano, but how can you be more specific on that? And so for you, if it's um, simplifying your home, you know, I want to declutter each room in my home by the end of the year. And the third key idea that I want to share with you about goal setting is that you need to define what success looks like for you. This relates to creating goals that you can measure. So you need to break your goal down into steps that are really clear and specific and that you can measure. So, you know, I'm going to declutter my spare room and invite my sister to stay over for the holidays. Again, it's just breaking it down more and more with each step. The second phase is um, to simplifying your home, is really learning the skills you need to simplify your spaces. So these are the tools and techniques that will actually help you accomplish your goal. Obviously, if you're learning a language, you'll want to attend a class. That's what I did for many years when I was learning Italian. Um, Every Wednesday evening, my husband and I would go to the University of New South Wales in Sydney, and we would attend um, an Italian language class for a couple of hours. Um, You know, and interestingly, like when you learn a language, you really like when you go into that class, we were only really allowed to speak Italian, even if our Italian wasn't very good. And we had to kind of take on the identity of we are Italian speakers. We are speaking Italian. I am someone who can speak Italian and I'm only going to speak Italian. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this, though, this idea of taking on the identity of somebody who embodies this. So it's not just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go and, you know, declutter my kitchen. or I'm just going to clear out that cupboard. But you've really got to embody that idea because you can't just, you know, it's not just about allowing time to learn something, but you actually need to have the time to also practice, you know, put these ideas into practice and integrate it into your life as well in as many ways as possible. Actually, one of the things that we used to do for our Italian class was um, one of our teachers, um, he used to give us these uh, CDs. This is really showing how long ago this was. I was learning Italian and they would have music. And so my husband and I, we were listening to Italian music. We would watch Italian films. Like, you know, you've really got to like embody these ideas. And so what I've learned when it comes to simplifying your home is that you need to create habits that will help you cure clutter. So just as I had habits in relation to Italian and, you know, putting on the CD to practice my Italian when I was driving or, you know, in the kitchen when I was in at home, um, you've got to also integrate habits in relation to curing clutter if you want to simplify your home. And um, again, everything that I've learned and teach comes back to science and that's why it works. I love this quote from James Clear, and he says, habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. They don't seem like much on any given day, but over months and years, their effects can accumulate to an incredible degree. 
And that's why, you know, I'm not a fan of the process of like overhauling your home to simplify your spaces. You know, this idea of like, go and get every book in your home and put it in the one spot and decide which ones you're going to keep. I just don't feel, not for me anyway, that process, I've tried it and it just doesn't work for me. It's just not, you know, it's not sustainable. I don't have enough time to do that. I've got children coming home from school. I've got work to do. It's just, it's not, you know, a sustainable um, process for me. Instead, you know, think about like what are the habits you can integrate into your home and life on a daily basis that will give you compounding results. And this is what works for me. It's about those small, daily, consistent habits that I can integrate into my home and life. That is what gets me the results. So let's just take a little moment to take an inventory of your current habits. You know, what's your current process for dealing with clutter? What are your current systems? And how are you spending your time in relation to keeping on top of what comes into your home? You might find that you're really good at dealing with your own clutter, but you need to create a system that works for your family. And, you know, that's where I am most of the time. And, you know, um, I find that, you know, generally I'm really good at like my own systems and processes, but I need to bring everyone else in my family on board as well. And you need to learn also how to investigate, you know, where your systems are falling down and adapt these also to different seasons of your life. You know, just recently we created a roster for our children to start tidying up after dinner. Um, you know, they're old enough. So for me, it's really about getting my family involved um, by getting their buy-in too. You know, I'm always looking for ways to help them be involved and part of the process rather than just telling them what they've got to do. Um, you know, it's about giving them some ownership over the solution. And in the Decluttering Masterclass, I share with my students how you can have a family meeting that gets everyone on the same page and kind of gets their buy-in. So, you know, if this is something that um, you have in your family that you really need to get them on board, you know, you can think about, well, you know, what are, how can I create a meeting with my family or how can I get their buy-in to get them more involved with the processes that are involved in, you know, not only decluttering our spaces, but maintaining them too. So just to wrap up, this idea of using habits to your advantage when it comes to decluttering or simplifying your spaces. I want to share some more tips with you. So first of all, um, I love this idea and I've actually just created a whole new video series for my course, the Decluttering Masterclass. I want to make it for you so easy that you can't fail. And, you know, you can do this in your own home too, you know, Make it so easy you can't fail. The goal can be hard and it should be hard, but the individual steps that you need to take should be so easy that you can't fail. The second big tip that I wanted to share with you in relation to habits is to create daily rhythms. When I'm in a rhythm with tidying and keeping my home organized, I do it without thinking. It doesn't feel hard. In fact, it actually feels easy and enjoyable. So create daily rhythms that feel good for you and also help create them for your family too, especially if you've got children, you know, make it so easy for them that they can't fail and create rhythms so that they know what's expected of them, you know, when they come home from school or what they need to do part of their evening routine. I think when things are, you know, the occasional thing, that's when there's more resistance. But when it's just part of their routine, 
they don't even think. I often, you know, think about the example of children in school or uh, childcare centers. They create such a rhythm and routine that the children know, you know, this is where I hang my hat. This is where I put my bag. This is where I put my lunchbox. It just becomes so ingrained that they don't even have to think about it. Another important idea that I wanted to share with you is it's so important you create an identity shift. There is so much research that shows that if you want to achieve any goal, you need to start embodying the identity of someone who does those things. So it's not just, you know, I'm trying to lose weight or I'm trying to um, gain muscle or, you know, whatever. Or, you know, I'm trying to declutter my home, but I'm the type of person who eats healthy and exercises regularly. That's part of my identity. And so, you know, if it comes to simplifying your home, I'm the type of person who's organized in my home. You've got to talk that to yourself. You've got to, you know, embody that idea and remind yourself of that when, you know, you have those moments of like, oh, I just feel too tired. I can't be bothered to reset my space at the end of the day. You've got to think, no, you know, I'm the type of person who is organized and has a tidy home. And you've got to remind yourself of that. And also I want to share this idea as well of making yourself accountable. Um, You know, I find this so helpful, particularly when accountability almost acts as a type of deadline. But what I will say is I learned recently that we have to be really careful of sharing our goal to get a dopamine hit, you know, because when we sort of announce on social media or maybe share with a friend that like, you know, I'm going to go and take Italian lessons. Um, you know, we can kind of get that positive feedback for people and we actually get the dopamine hit when we get that positive feedback, like, oh, that's so great. You know, and we kind of think, yeah, you know, it's so great. I'm going to go and learn Italian or, um, you know, or even like if you enroll in a course, oh yeah, I just enrolled in this course. And, you know, you get that positive feedback, like, oh, wow, that's so great. I'm so excited for you. You know, let me know how it goes or whatever. And, um, and then we actually then don't do the work because we feel like, oh, I just, but I, I got that little hit from just making that announcement. But, um, so we've got to be really careful about that, but instead a really powerful reframe on this idea of, um, accountability or giving yourself a deadline. And it ties into the idea of identity shift too, is don't tell me what you're going to do. Tell me what you did. I love that so much. I'm going to rep- I'm going to repeat it. Don't tell me what you're going to do. Tell me what you did. And that's why I love hearing from my students who've done the work in my courses. You know, it's so easy to say you want to do something, but the real power is when you've done the work. The real achievement is of course always when you've done the work. I mean, it there's no better feeling when you have made a commitment to something and you've shown up and you've done the work. And the third phase that I wanted to talk to you today is about the systems and strategies to help you stay organized. So let's just quickly recap where, you know, what we've talked about so far. So the first key idea um, was to get clear on your vision and goals. The next step was to learn the tools to simplify your spaces and take a real inventory of your current habits and how you can create daily rhythms to make sure that Um, having a tidy and organized home is actually something that's easy and an enjoyable process for you. And the third phase is creating the systems to stay organized. You know, in some ways this goes hand in hand with habits. And as I said, you know, habits, cure clutter, but also you want to make sure that you have certain guardrails in place to keep yourself in check so that you don't let clutter creep back into your home. 
In episode 142, I shared some ideas and systems that I have in place in my own home that are really helpful. And I'll link to that episode in the show notes. One of the ideas that I shared was to be a gatekeeper of your home. Make sure that your front entrance or your front door is a two-way street. If something comes in, you want to make sure that something else is going out. You know, ask yourself, what is this going to replace? It's also really important to always shop with a list. So it's so easy to buy an impulse or buy things that we don't need or that we think we need, but really, you know, we with a little bit of reflection, we realize that we don't need. So I I think that in a nutshell, though, when it comes to the systems and to stay organized, um, there are two key ideas that I want to share with you. The first is that you've really, it's all about keeping what you've got tidy and organized. So make sure that everything has a home and everyone in your home knows where everything is. And the second big idea um, is being a gatekeeper of your home. So being very careful about what you allow into your spaces. So let's just take a quick look at some of the big ideas that we've um, spoken about today. The first phase is really about the science of simplifying and creating goals that you set yourself up for success. The second phase relates to the skills you need to declutter your spaces. And this really relates to using your daily habits to help you cure clutter. And the third phase to simplify your home is ensuring that you have systems and strategies to stay organized. Again, you want to make sure that everything in your home has a home and to be a gatekeeper of your home. Be careful about what you allow in through your front door. You know, make sure that you have that two-way street, that you're not constantly just adding stuff to your spaces, but you're replacing items rather than adding new ones. I hope that you found this really helpful to get this sort of broader vision of the three phases of simplifying your home and that you've been able to identify, you know, where are the areas that you need to work on? Maybe for you, it relates to, um, you know, really being clear on what you're actually trying to achieve. Or perhaps it is more about, you know, creating those daily habits and rituals and rhythms in your home to make the whole process easier. Or instead, you know, for you, maybe it relates to the systems and strategies to stay organized. Maybe where you're falling down is not being a gatekeeper of your home. Or, you know, it could also be relate to, um, you know, just not um, making sure that everything has got a home. It sometimes is, it can be as simple as that. I hope you found this helpful and that it's giving you some clarity on how you can simplify your home. And as I mentioned, if you would like to go deeper on these ideas and the exact systems and processes that I use, I'd love to invite you to join me in the Decluttering Masterclass. You can come and join me there at nataliewalton.com forward slash declutter. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you know of anyone who's struggling with clutter in their spaces, then um, please feel free to share this episode with them. I hope that they're going to find it really helpful for them as well in terms of just getting real clarity on those three phases and where they need to put their focus and attention. I look forward to connecting again with you soon. And until then, have a beautiful week. All of the links and info for this episode are at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can get a direct download of the latest episode. 
And I really appreciate when you take a minute to rate and review, as well as share the love with someone you know who might benefit from this episode or on social media. If you'd like to access a range of free resources, come visit my website, nataliewalton.com. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast. And I would also like to acknowledge the people of the Bundjalung Nation where it was recorded and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton and you've been listening to Imprint. Imprint.